0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy.
1: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast, and this is episode 57, and it's titled, Your Vagina is Talking, Are You Listening?,
0: Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, what is it saying?
0: <laughs> Stinky, smelly, dirty
1: vagina. No, that's not what it says.
0: It's not what it says, but that's oftentimes what people think. These are like a lot of the words that are associated with vagina. Um, I know we had fun when we were prepping for this show and... Um, <laughs> I wanted to say, like, hey, wh- what are the different names to, um, to call the female genitalia? And, um,
1: we came up with a short list because this list could apparently be extremely long if you research it on the <laughs> Internet.
0: <laughs> you know, just to name a few things like pussy, punani, cunt.
1: J twat, Mm -hmm. vag, slit, snatch. (laughs) The cooch. Yoni. Mm -hmm. Girly bits.
0: Yeah, the muff. uh, So bad.
1: Lady garden.
0: Boner garage.
1: (laughs) Look up the tattoo on the internet where a woman had boner garage tattooed on her thigh. And it was her belly, I think, with an arrow pointing down.
0: The bearded clam, the furry taco, honeypot, Mm
1: -hmm, kitty.
0: mm -hmm. Okay, you name it, right? You, you got it. <laughs> we
1: we were, could go on. We could.
0: We even could create a song. You know, we <laughs> we were practicing it earlier and like, should we sing it when we deliver it? But no, we didn't.
1: But oh, yeah. I want to hear you sing it. <laughs> Never episode. The JJ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, in French, we call it la moule, which is basically like the muscle. And what you were telling me is that in English, it would be called clam, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, when you say muscle, you mean muscle as in the seafood yes. muscle. Yes. Uh, I said we wouldn't really say that in English. We would call it a clam or yeah. or a bearded clam. Oh, Although these days there aren't very many bearded clams left. They're just clams. <laughs> shaving ones. They're shaving clams.
0: <laughs> well, the reason we brought this up is, you know, all these words are often having negative connotation. They're somewhat derogatory terms. And I think it's really sad that we address our body parts with these terms. And what that does is, first of all, well, it helps us make fun of them. And oftentimes it makes us disconnect. And this is an exercise I do in my irresistible program because I have women really realize that the words we use are powerful when it comes to our vaginas, to our pussies. And if we are not feeling empowered by a word or if we find a lot of shame associated with it, that's the vibration we carry. And that's the vibration that's carried within our bodies as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this is true for men and women too. I mean, the, the first thing that we really need to establish is that words have power. Mm -hmm. They really do have power. And if you don't think they have power, look at all the laws that prevent you from saying certain words. Mm -hmm. Look at all the censorship that goes on on the internet. If words didn't have power, why would we bother to censor them? Mm -hmm. Right? So words have power. And if you think about it, okay, we gave you a whole bunch of slang terms for vaginas. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are kind of cute and fun, but some of them really are derogatory. Mm-hmm. And also think too, like, okay, if you want to say that somebody is, uh, you know, you dislike them, you want to call them a name, what, what do you say? He's a dick. Yeah. Right. So that's, again, another negative uh,
0: connotation.
1: Yeah. So, exactly. So one thing that we really need to do is we need to get away from doing that. Mm -hmm. Why would we reference a part of our body that is, you know, I mean, I want to say special, but like any part of our body is special. Why would we use a derogatory name, especially when we know that these words have power?
0: Mm -hmm. So, Okay. Our title is Your Vagina is Talking, right? And Are You Listening? And really, what we wanted to do in this episode is to do a little bit of a reframe. So first, we understand that the way we address it, the emotions we put behind it matters and makes a difference about how you feel in your body and how you feel about your body. But next, we want to take it further because what if what was happening within your body and more specifically with your vagina Was more like um, signs or clues and that your vagina was like giving you like little signs and things to be like trying to tell you a message. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we've noticed, uh, not just in our own lives, but also with working with clients is that Whatever's going on with your vagina, you know, maybe you're having recurrent yeast infections or you're having something else going on, or maybe everything's great. Maybe you're juicier than you've ever been. Whatever it is that's going on generally parallels something else that's happening in your life.
0: Absolutely. Probably
1: in your relationship, but it could be in your life in general. Mm -hmm. And so we started to notice some patterns that certain types of things that are going on Uh, tends to be present when certain things are happening in your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I think this all came up from a a conversation that you and I were having. We're in the bedroom and I've said something along the lines that, hey, since we've been together, it's been like over three and a half years, I have not had a single uh, yeast infection. Mm -hmm. And I I realized that and then what I realized is I used to have way more yeast infections and that's when I had different partners and and that's really what we will start to delve in. It's like there were really like lots of other things and maybe, just maybe, that was a way for my vagina to let me know that I was not having sex with the right partner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can use an example from my own personal life, my last relationship before you and I were together. Towards the end of the relationship, when things started kind of breaking down and not going so well, she was having constant issues with her vagina. Mm-hmm. And it really was a sign. It was a sign like, wow, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Absolutely. So if we start to think about it this way, rather than being a nuisance, an annoyance, something that we must act on right away and like take action, wipe it off, correct it, maybe it could be something that is like a gentle knock on the door of like, hey, something's going on. Why don't you pause and listen? And we're not saying like, don't take action. <laughs> Obviously, when you have a, an itchy pussy, it really needs some help, you know, um, and then you don't want to wait too long if you have a UTI and gets to your kidneys, but you want to look deeper than just the physical symptoms. And so some of the things that could be happening, and we'll go more in details, are things like, hey, it could be because you're in the wrong relationship. It could be because you don't want sex with that person. It has nothing to do with how much you love them, but maybe your body didn't want sex in that moment.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to say, because the way you phrased that initially is you don't want sex with that person, but you have to realize that this is a total subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. So you in your mind might be saying, I really want to have sex with this person. But it's your body telling you otherwise. It's that subconscious that's saying, no, 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 no. I don't care what your mind says. This is not right for you.
0: Yeah, but if you look at it, you know, in past relationships, right? We all have had examples where we're like, I knew it. I knew it that this relationship wasn't really right for me or i shouldn't have done that but i didn't listen
1: yeah that's the thing is (laughs) most people don't have that clarity until way after the fact after they've suffered and gone through horrible breakups and all this happens Mm -hmm. then a year or whatever later Mm -hmm. on they go oh yeah now i realize that that really wasn't good
0: (laughs) well and, and here's something really important if that's you like slow down and remember, how did your body feel when you were not in the right relationship? Where did you feel sensations? How did your vagina respond? What was happening with your body? And start to know, okay, so when I felt angry or when I felt resentment or that I wasn't compatible and I still said, oh, well, I still want sex. I'm going to go for it. Like, that's how it felt so that now you can start tracking it it's like when you start to see that in your life you might be like hey do i want to go back down that road again or do i want to take a different one
1: right yeah what tell us what some of the symptoms you might uh experience that are trying to tell you something
0: absolutely so i think one of the first one is a chronic yeast infection when you have or you have weird discharge and itchiness. And it's very interesting because when you think of it, the symptoms of a yeast infection are, okay, so there's there's a little bit more uh, discharge than normal, but there's this like kind of burning, itching sensation where you're like, and it makes you feel so angry, like you're so irritated from the inside out, right? Yeah,
1: so the question is, Which came first? Is it that you were irritated by your relationship Mm -hmm. that's causing an irritation in your vagina or vice versa?
0: Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. Um, And so, okay, knowing that. And there are other physical things too where um, when you have recurring yeast infections, people think it starts from your vagina, but it really starts from your guts. And we'll talk more that, um, when we'll go through seven steps to keep your vagina healthy, uh, but it really starts with your guts and with your digestion and with your probiotics. Um, so yes, there's the emotional component and peace, and then there's also the, uh, physiological thing of like, maybe not having good digestion or not good guts health. And if you rebalance it, and sometimes that's what happens. People only aim at the vagina and they're like, I'm just having yeast infection. So I'm just going to, shove a garlic up my vagina. I've done this, by the way. Or, (laughs) you know, if it really doesn't disappear, you might go to the doctors, they'll give you strong antibiotics and stuff like that, and you put suppository or things, yeah.
1: Yeah, but you you know what happens when there's something else causing it.
0: It disappears, but then it comes back. And then it
1: comes back. Hence the recurring one. And then it comes back and then it keeps coming back because you're not addressing the underlying cause.
0: Absolutely. So for me, one of the reasons, two things. Number one, I had kind of like more like candida and that's only once I was able to uh, rebalance my guts that I stopped having that. But then it also was not the perfect relationship. And I did have a lot of like resentment or things that weren't always fully said. I loved the person, but there are a lot of things that annoyed me or things we couldn't
1: talk about. Or You mean things that irritated you?
0: Yeah, strangely. (laughs) (laughs) So we just like sharing that to give you an idea. Another thing, so that was our yeast infection. Another thing that's very common is a UTI, a urinary tract infection. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not super familiar with it because I've never had that in in my entire life. Um, But I do know that it can be very painful Uh, also lots of irritation and we were just talking with a friend this weekend about it because she used to have chronic UTIs and that's also why we're talking about our upcoming episode and she was like yeah I wasn't listening and and then I said so what made you listen and she said well I started to see patterns where I constantly had a UTI after having sex with the same person (laughs) or after a certain situation happened.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, urinary tract infections, if you don't take care of them, can very easily end up in your kidneys.
0: Yes. And what's interesting with kidneys... Uh, That's where I'm going with this. Yeah,
1: this is what I I kind of want to prompt you. you.
0: Thank you so much. You did such a good job, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Making me shine. (laughs) So... Kidney in Chinese medicine are very connected to your genitals, to your sexual energy, but the deep emotion behind kidneys is fear. And so um, the emotions of fear is most likely very present when there's UTI, whether it's fear of the relationship, future, of something happening, not happening, not being
1: supported. Not
0: being supported, yeah, yeah, not being loved. Um, I also do think that. There's probably some anger in there as well, you know. Um, and so the the question, again, is more like, hey, what's really going on? I, you know, you've got one UTI once, you know, maybe you didn't wipe properly uh, or you played anally and then had like vaginal penetration and, you know, things weren't fully clean. And that's how you can get a UTI. That's something people don't always realize. You know, you can't. Um, it's very important to not mix y- uh, anal and touching the anus and then touching
1: the vagina. That's they tell you to wipe front to back.
0: That's exactly <laughs> Exactly why you should wipe front to back. Um, And so, you know, maybe it happened once and there's something there. And then, well, it's not really a big deal. And you just pause. You you take your cranberry juice or whatever you're doing or whatever. If you go to the doctor, whatever works for you to clear this out of your system. And if it never happens again, that's okay. If it's more of a recurring thing, then that's really when you want to start to ask the questions and be willing to listen. Are you listening?
1: (laughs) What else? I know there's some other things on the list.
0: Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about the vaginismus uh, because, okay, it shows up as painful, uh, very tight vagina, which makes penetration either extremely painful or sometimes even impossible. And I I was doing some new trainings and research, and there was a story of this woman who was an older woman who was experiencing uh, vaginismus. And so the solution that she opted for was to go see um, like a a pelvic floor therapist and sex therapist where they worked with uh, doing a dilator inside the vagina where, so you, you work into putting something in the, inside the vagina and it dilates and it expands. So to like, how can we stretch that vagina to get it ready so that it starts to be okay with being open so that you can have sex that's not painful. That's the idea behind it. It's a noble idea. It's a grand idea, but it takes a long time. It can be very uncomfortable and there are not always fantastic results. And then she started to work with somebody different who not only looked at the physical symptom, but started to address the emotional component part of it. And within a discussion and a whole practice that they went through, she realized that she was holding stuff against her partner, Um, you know, they had been together for like decades or two decades, like a long time. And they had things that were not being said. And they both worked through this emotional process together. The husband was present and they both cried and they hugged and they shared their, their deepest feelings and fears. Guess what? Her vagina, they started to open up. And guess what? Her vagina opened up too.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny when I listen to that technique, which I don't really know anything about this technique of trying to sort of force it open. But to me, it sounds like there's something blocking the door and rather than going to remove what's blocking the door so that the door will open easily, somebody's just bashing on the door, trying to force <laughs> it open, trying to smash whatever's in the way out. And that, that just sounds ridiculous to me. Like figure out what the underlying cause is. This is the number one problem we have with Western medicine is they never address the underlying cause. All they do is address symptoms.
0: Yeah. We do a little patch here, another patch there. And then, oops, with that patch, we created second problems that now we need to address. And it's kind of a never ending like cycle. So... Okay. Um, I think there's two more that I want to address. One is kind of related to the uh, vaginismus, which is as we are aging and we're going through perimenopause and menopause and hormones are changing, sometimes the vaginal tissues is becoming way thinner. And it has to do with our uh, progesterone levels and, and different things in the body. But that makes it that some women literally will bleed with intercourse because the vaginal walls are becoming too thin and, and, and just it's not happening very well. And another, another really fascinating story around that is that oftentimes we're like, well, there's nothing you can do or maybe use this progesterone cream or do this, you know, uh, and it can help or use lube, you know. Um, but oftentimes, it's again because they're not having the type of sex that they truly need or crave. And sometimes they don't know they want it. Like they they don't know that's not what they want. They're like, well, this is how sex has always been done, but they have shifted and they may need some slower sex. They may need more emotional connection. They may need spiritual connection with the sexuality, like so many different elements into it. And when you finally bring that in, suddenly again, you're able to have sex. And it's like, Yes, in the body there was a problem, but I think a lot has to do with all the other stuff.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, most people, they really don't realize, and it's, again, because Western medicine doesn't recognize it, but they don't realize the power that our emotions have on our physical body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like you say a lot when working with clients, right? The the issues are in the tissues, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emotional stuff. It can literally get stuck in the body and cause a whole range of problems.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, people think, well, if I just talk enough about it, <laughs> it's going to resolve itself. And that's kind of the purpose of therapy. And it only works to a certain degree because... We got to get into the body. We got to move the shit out. We're going to like get this moving and out and changing and shifting. And no matter how much you're going to talk about it, it's not going to resolve it.
1: Yeah. There's a great book I read years ago. I believe it was called Molecules of Emotion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. It Um, is the title. Anyway, the the woman uh, Candace, Candace Burt, Rina. who who wrote it, you know she was the woman that discovered the opiate receptor in the body. And basically, what she learned from her many years of research was that we tend to think that all these emotions are stored in our brain. We think of our brain as the emotional center of the body. So if you go off that model, then this idea that your issues are stuck in the tissues uh, doesn't make any sense, right? Because, well, how could, how could something that happened to my arm or my leg con- possibly be influencing my emotional state or, or anything else? But anyway, what she discovered uh, in her work was that there are receptor sites all throughout the body. And so these emotions aren't just stored in the brain. It's not just a chemical reaction that happens in your brain. It actually happens in different parts throughout your whole body. And so, yes, those emotions can actually be stored and created in other parts of your body. If you've never read the book, it's a great book. I would check it out.
0: Well, and you know, I studied with Montag Chia, who's like the Taoist master. And in the Taoist philosophy, um, each organs uh, hold emotions in the body. And they, they really see that our tissues, our muscles, and our organs hold stuff, okay? So it's not a new concept. And if you think about it, the uterus is the strongest muscle that pretty much exists, And so imagine the amount of tension, of trauma, of stuff that can be stuck in the biggest muscle of the body. And if you don't address it and the emotional component of it, that's when things just go wrong. And so the last thing that I was thinking about that I wanted to address is in regards to infertility. And because this is a very recurrent problem that a lot of people are dealing with in this day and age, and there are a lot of things that are contributing to our basically putting our, our, our hormones out of balance, which makes it so much harder for people to conceive when they choose to conceive. And uh, women that have been on birth control for decades and have suppressed their natural cycle, then they get off the, 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 the pill and they go like, Oh, why isn't my body functioning properly? And it's like, well, you've been suppressing it for decades. Yeah. You
1: know, there's, there's such a long list of things in our modern society that are contributing to, um, the increased infertility and the lower birth rates. That I mean, that would be like a several-hour show <laughs> in Absolutely. and of itself just to cover all of those things. Um, but maybe we should do a show on that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's put it in our in our little notes. Yeah. Um, but back to infertility. I think you know different things here too because I've met different women too where they had a deep fear of being a mother and yet they wanted to be a mother. And until they resolved that, or until they really became one with their body and like some women were terrified of giving birth or of having to like connect with their vaginas and once that finally got healed and changed they were able to conceive so there's a lot of things uh, that can happen and that's why it's so important we're asking you the question again your vagina is talking are you listening
1: mm-hmm. well let's say that you are listening <laughs> and you you're hearing the the things that your vagina is saying to you So then the question becomes, what do you do about it?
0: Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to be proactive. If there is an infection in the body, if there's something going on right away, choose whatever path for healing that resonates with you. There is really not one path, one solution that fits all. Whatever you choose, you need to be okay with it. You need to feel that this is the best solution and that this is going to help you 100%. And if you have a doubt or if you're not fully into it, then don't do it and find one that resonates with you. And so that's the number one. But then you want to be proactive. If there's nothing going on right now, what can you do to keep your vagina healthy and balanced? And that's really what these seven steps are more about. Okay? It's not in time of crisis so much that it is as a guideline to start to establish good relation with your body, with your pussy, with your vagina.
1: Yeah, so and maybe just to add to like, what do you do in the emergency situation? Mm-hmm. So obviously you can, you can see your doctor. There are natural remedies as well. You can try to figure out like how can you calm down the irritation, the inflammation, any infection that might be there. And then once you've gotten past that, I would highly recommend doing the deeper emotional work, (laughs) starting to look at your life and your relationship, your relationship to your body, Mm -hmm. your relationship to your partner, Mm -hmm. you know, past traumas you might have had. Um, there's 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 a lot there that you could potentially be digging into uh, that might give you some real keys as to, you know, why you're having recurring problems if you're having recurring mm-hmm. problems. So, you know, listen to what your vagina is telling you, but then you got to do something about it. You can't <laughs> just go, OK, yeah, great. Awesome. Heard you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to make some changes. And, you know, also when you're doing this deep work, especially for us women, I think get some support. I really really think that it's key in in the in the success because we learn by resonance so if you can be surrounded by positive role model women that are uh, that have been through this or women that have wisdom that you don't have y- yet have it will make a difference and i think it's really essential to not just be alone on this road by yourself
1: yeah and i think too that subtle things that you do every day can make a big difference mm-hmm. so we started off this show kind of Joking about all these crazy names uh, that people have created for vaginas. And yeah, it's kind of funny, and we all laugh about it, haha. But we did make a very strong point that words have power. Mm -hmm. And so think about how you relate to and treat. Your vagina every day. Mm -hmm. And this goes for men too, but the topic of this show is women, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe start using better names. Mm -hmm. You know, like in the spiritual sort of communities, people like the term yoni. Mm -hmm. Um, And they like that term because that's a term of reverence. That's like a term of like, you know, people worship the yoni, they Mm -hmm. see it as the goddess, they see it as something that's special. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to use that word. but pick something that kind of has those feelings associated mm-hmm. with it. So talk about it differently. Don't complain about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Say good things about your pussy, your vagina, how much you love it. Mm-hmm. Call it good names. Take good care of it physically. And that, that comes into the seven steps, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So Number one, then, in your seven step is how do you wash your vagina? Like there's this idea that, you know, we started with saying dirty, smelly, stinky. And it's 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 such a myth our vaginas don't need, like they have a delicate pH, right? And that's what keeps the half of the vagina in balance. And if if it's not um, acidic enough, the, 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 the flora is going to get out of balance. When you use soap in your shower and you soap in and out and scrub, 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 scrub you are basically removing all of these really
1: good Or using douche is another...
0: Oh, yes, the douche, exactly. You are like really putting the natural balance of the flora out of balance and creating an environment that is not being able to kill the bacteria as they come in. So it becomes like a place where you can get more infections.
1: So if it seems dirty or smelly in some way, that is your vagina telling you something. It's telling you something's out of balance because a normal, healthy vagina doesn't look bad, doesn't smell bad, doesn't taste bad.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I think we need to hear that a lot as women. I still have fears sometimes where I'm like, Oh, my God, the other day you're like, oh, let's have oral sex. And I was like, oh, my God, I I didn't shower this entire day. And, you know, we're like in the sun and sweating and you're like, so what? And I'm like, I might not be as fresh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't care. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And so it's a really good reminder. So never use soap inside your vagina. Clear, clean water. Just warm water. Rinse off will be plenty enough and you will be totally fine. Next, think about what you wear. So wearing cotton underwear versus um, the synthetic underwears. Cotton or bamboo are natural fibers that are breathable. Again, remember, your vagina is a self-cleansing oven, and it has like all these bacteria inside to keep in balance, and it needs to be able to breathe. If it doesn't breathe, um, well, it just starts to, um, to grow stuff. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, so so the synthetic fibers don't allow it to breathe, which means it traps in excess moisture, Mm -hmm. which of course then can be a breeding ground for bacteria. Absolutely. So you so you well want so Kevin. Wow! Well, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this goes for men also. You know, that's that's a thing. Is like maybe a lot of people listening to this are like, why is he talking so much? He doesn't have a vagina. What the fuck does he know? You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, I I don't own one, uh, so I don't have as much experience. But a lot of these uh, general advice things go for men too. Mm-hmm. So men should be wearing cotton underwear. Because the same thing can happen. You can have a buildup of bacteria, especially um, if you are not circumcised. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to go there because it's not the topic of this show. But
0: <laughs> Number three, you want to sleep naked. Again, just like Kevin was mentioning about breathing, not trapping moisture. And, you know, sometimes we spend like anywhere between six to nine hours of like sleeping. So you want to make sure that your body can breathe and you're not like, again, like all like, wrapped into things and and sweating and especially if you're going through perimenopause or menopause you're going to be sweating much more and so you know i just want to be able to sweat it all out without it being trapped
1: absolutely
0: (laughs) and number four you want to choose organic tampons and pads or clothes uh, pads during your menstruation if you are still bleeding Um, the regular tampons it's really important to know that uh, regular tampons are usually bleached with chlorine and uh, during the, the process, a chemical called dioxin is produced. And dioxin is an endocrine system disruptor, and it has been linked to breast cancer and weakening of the immune system. So you want to go with tampons that are organic, or at least that chlorine is not allowed, that it's, it hasn't been bleached. Uh, remember, you're putting this inside your vagina, inside the delicate tissues of your vagina, and, I mean, we whatever you put in gets absorbed.
1: Well, and you have to keep in mind, what do we use ble- Bleach for? Oh huh. We use it as a disinfectant, right? We do. That's basically what bleach it's used to kill bacteria. So what do you think putting bleach inside a vagina that has a very delicate internal flora, what is that gonna do?
0: Yeah, not the best for sure.
1: Right, exactly. So Um, obviously anything organic, uh, but also, you know, potentially consider not using tampons at all,
0: Mm -hmm, like using a cup and, um, maybe we'll do another whole episode on, on that, but menstrual cups are awesome, different ways using cloth pads and they're really easy to use. I've been using them for, for decades now and it's, it's been awesome. Um, Well, number five, you want to monitor anything that goes on with your vagina. And it's very important to know your vagina. That means you want to look at your vagina. You want to be familiar with what goes on. You want to know that when you are ovulating, there might be more of an egg white stretchy fluid that comes out and it's totally normal. But you also want to know that if it starts to smell different or have a different color or just feel different, then something is not right. Trust yourself if there's a discharge, if there's an itching or pain, you need to know that something is happening like trust yourself and seek support if need be to correct the imbalance
1: you need to know your baseline
0: absolutely if
1: you you know because the symptoms may not always be as clear as it's burning right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might not be that obvious. So you got to know what a normal healthy baseline is.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like kind of checking it out. Like, uh, do you smell your pussy? Have you ever put your finger inside your vagina and then licked it? No, I do that all the time. This is like how I check things up. How do I know? Yes, I smell fine. Yes, I, it, everything is good. And if something's not exactly right, that's how I know. And that's how I can prevent and stop something before it gets totally out of balance. Because usually you don't get like really sick right away. There's always like... Like little signs first. And if you know the signs and you can like course correct right away, you won't have to go like the off balance route as, you know, as deep.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> you know, you might not have to go quite as far as Celine does, but, but <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> but at least keep an eye on what's happening down there. So you have a baseline.
0: hmm. Okay, what's on number six? Um, We talked about this earlier, using a good probiotic, because understanding that all of this um, starts, you know, from your guts. And if your guts are out of balance, your vagina probably will be out of balance. And the thing is, there's even some probiotics that are specifically designed to keep the vaginal flora in balance and blah, blah, blah. So sometimes you can give your vagina a little, like boost.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if your gut is out of whack, you probably have a whole lot more problems than just your vagina. So it's very important area. Fermented
0: foods. This is what we do. This is really good probiotics. So think probiotics and high quality ones number seven?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Use vaginal steaming sometimes for your vagina. You know, you give your face uh, a, a, like a facial and a steam and that's kind of what vaginal steaming is, is like a facial for your vagina. So you give some nice steam with some herbs and it helps you to pause, to slow down, especially since we always go, go, go. We don't take time to connect with our bodies. You sit over um, the, the, the the steam, the pot that has boiling water with herb and you allow this to start to relax you you can use the power of the herbs to rebalance your body Um, make sure before you start to attempt that that you research it well you need to be careful because we're using really hot water you don't want to burn yourself you don't want to use essential oils because it could burn the delicate tissues so you need to find somebody who knows how to do it and guide you before you attempt to do it there are spas that offer that there's plenty of people on the internet i mean i offer that you can reach out to me so all of this is available Uh, But giving your vagina a steam will make her feel really good and happy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, herbs herbs have a lot of powerful qualities to them. That's why we eat them. That's why we make all kinds of herbal remedies out of them. I mean, they've been used for thousands of years to treat a whole range of conditions. So there's kind of an idea nowadays that like, you know, oh, the steaming is a bunch of BS stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. how could this potentially work? But it works through the power of the herbs.
0: Absolutely. And even just the the heat, the gentle steam. There's something about that. Um, And then I think, you know, if there's only one thing, these were our seven steps. And what we're hoping is that this episode gave you some confidence. Confidence to trust yourself. Confidence to trust your body and listen to it. And confidence that who you are is perfect. Your vagina is beautiful, healthy, happy, Thriving <laughs> Appealing
1: Yeah, All vaginas are beautiful, by the way um, In fact, a friend of ours uh, did a book years ago called Petals I think mm-hmm. we've mentioned it on this show before mm-hmm. But he was a professional photographer And what he did was take photographs, up-close photographs Of women's vaginas and all women Every color, age group, grooming style All across the board and and if you've never seen this before and you're a woman you should really look at it because so many women spend most of their lives going around thinking they're weird in some way Mm -hmm, oh i got this weird thing or mine looks like this or that or whatever Mm -hmm. and when you see all of these different shapes and sizes and colors and configurations you're like oh yeah that's totally normal
0: absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. Then remember
0: your vagina is talking are you listening (laughs)
1: All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this show, and we will see you next week.